0: This is Human V-Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology.
1: Welcome to Human V-Robot. I'm Andy Van and I'm here with my sister, Heather Hallgrimson. Heather, how are you doing this week?
0: Good, Andy. It's been a couple of weeks since we chatted. It has
1: been, yeah. yeah. And actually, with my editing schedule, I didn't end up editing our last one until like a couple days ago. So these are going to come back out probably shortly one after the other. But for us, the time is longer between. <laughs> so yeah, just yeah, for exactly. context. Um, yeah. So during that time, I had a work trip to Vancouver. So this this will be my first update. I uh, We had talked about the Meeting Owl before, and I had my first real life experience with it. And it's really cool. I was like, wow, this is actually very helpful. Um, we had one of our team had to go home early. So the last day we set up the Meeting Owl and, you know, did it all remotely. Um, and I was, I was impressed. Although one like slight downside is I found because it follows the speaker there, Mm -hmm. the, the one person was drawing on the whiteboard. And so it wasn't showing the whiteboard. It was only showing the speaker. Okay. and reflexively everyone went to grab the meeting owl and turn it <laughs> which <laughs> which has does no effect yeah. it does nothing which yeah. is hilarious but that, that's just like the reflexive thing you're like oh you look at the screen yeah. it's not pointing at the thing you want so you yeah. turn it but mm-hmm. I, it was uh, kind of funny like I, and I think they realized it as soon as they did it. There's like, yeah. oh, oh, it's automatically make following any sense.
0: The speaker. There's so. probably going to be some feature on it if it doesn't exist already, like on Zoom, how there's a pin a speaker, yeah, um, or two or something like that, so you can bring like two or three people's like video, up yeah, more, you know, if they're presenting, for example, and you want to just keep it on them so that somebody's audio, if they cough, doesn't go whoop
1: over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there likely is. I, I, I'm sure it has lots of features that we didn't even um, use. Like we basically just set it up like a webcam, plug it in and plug and play. So yeah, but yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to bring up was the latest episode of the um, Hard Fork podcast, Mm -hmm. which has been a very good recommendation from you since since, uh, mentioning it. I've listened to all their episodes and actually it's not, there was an episode just a couple days ago. I think this is the previous one. Okay. Uh, but I think uh it tied in with a lot of stuff we've been talking about, so I think like if anybody's interested in this, they'd definitely be interested in that one as well. Yeah, definitely. Um and they kind of went in deep deep dive the, the per- one of the people had the exact same experiences we were talking about last episode, where Bing was expressing their So that
0: <laughs> was him, actually. Okay, Yeah. it's not so, two different stories? No, okay. it's the same story. So Kevin Roos was the one that got okay. um, the chatbot to declare its love. Right. Um, as I follow him on LinkedIn and he posted like, wow, what a response to this story <laughs> that happened. And, right. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and he's one of the hosts of Hard Fork. Okay.
1: Um that's interesting cuz I was like this sounds exactly the it's same, the same. Yeah. yeah yeah it is the <laughs> yeah. same story okay um but yeah I thought it was i thought it was a interesting uh like just how surreal these experiences can be um and I've had like similar I've been using chat, chat gpt a little bit more yeah uh and not similar in any s- sense other than the feeling of being like this is like uh you always like whenever you read a piece of writing you're always thinking about the author I think like uh, I think that's like part of reading well is trying to infer things about the author and I think that's where this you know (laughs) these AI produced texts really hack our brain in a sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think it goes back to the part, I forget what it is in child development when we develop a theory of mind, because there is a point in child development where a child does not understand that other people have functional brains outside of them. They sort of imagine themselves as a sort of unique entity in that, I guess. And then we can appreciate that other people also have the same sort of like having a mind and it working outside of us. Um, So I think... I think it's just an automatic human response. When you read something, you think about uh, who the person was that wrote it. Right. I I mean, I, I also have this thing where, like, when you, when you see an actor in a movie, you I just Google them. I'm like, who are they? You know, like, right. I want to know the person that they are, aside yeah. from the person they're playing, which is, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's part of why, like, a lot of actors get typecast as, like, if they play a villain super effectively in one, you know, then they get typecast as that because people think that that's the actual person <laughs> in yeah. a sense. You know, yeah. you almost read their characters into who they are. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it can be really disconcerting. Like, uh, there's lots of examples, but the one I can think of is like House when you hear House when you said yeah, it's Hugh Laurie. When you, Laurie, you, I when was you hear t- Hugh yeah. Laurie, like. And I had seen like I most unassuming
0: British man.
1: Yeah, like I had seen some Fry and Laurie before, and yeah. then I saw some House, and I actually like I I didn't like watch a lot, so I but I didn't connect it at all. I didn't realize it was the same person, and then like I I like looked at it, and I was like, oh, this is like yeah. he, he's like his character is so transformed in that role that it's like oh, this is. A not very him different at person all. not him yeah. at all yeah. yeah um cool um so for our main topic we are going to talk about intuition and gut feelings and this like the human v robot aspect of this is like what does that mean for ai i think that's kind of the the framing we'll probably have like cuz most we're we're trying to dig into what like makes human intelligence unique i think um, in this and intuition, that f- gut feeling seems like a uniquely human thing. Um, I agree. That, this yeah. is
0: exactly the experience that I had with the topic because a few different themes emerged as I was looking at intuition and gut feelings. Yeah. Um, and I think that there is a sort of a thread in how people are talking about intuition, that it is the human characteristic that AI can't replicate. It's a uniquely human thing. And so that AI needs to be sort of like AI doing its thing, whereas like a human is at the control, essentially relying on their gut feelings and senses of intuition um, in order to kind of steer the AI away from sort of bad or unethical or sort of things that we don't want to have happen um, towards, you know, sort of problematic things that might occur um, with an AI. So that's definitely one thread around intuition that I've seen out there, that it is the human thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and one other piece of context is that, like, I, I almost feel like we could do an entire series on every chapter of every Daniel Kahneman <laughs> book. Like, well, this, yeah. <laughs> this, this is really, like, ties into the uh, thinking fast and slow, like, the... The fast thinking is the intuitive one, where we, um, but so there's there's two things I kind of want to peel out of that though, because like there's the like the gut reaction, like the knee jerk reaction, which is kind of different than like the deep seated sensing reaction, and I think there's two different things kind of going on there. Like Kahneman really talks about that knee jerk reaction, how it's like we into like we sense patterns and we reflexively react and that that's a good thing that's like a a adaptive positive trait because it's it means that we don't have to spend our entire life like overthinking everything yeah i mean you
0: see something coming at you and you duck yeah without analyzing like i see a thing approaching my head i need to know you know you just there you go
1: yeah and then this the flip side of that is the slow thinking which is the rational and Mm -hmm. um like well the calculated response and in some ways I, i like i think there's something unique in in human intelligence that's that's different in that aspect as well but i and i but i also have the sense that maybe both of them are reproducible by technology.
0: (laughs) Yeah I did get that sense too because I started thinking what is intuition like was my always my first question we we always start with a definition like I I, yeah you try to get away with that and then and then you uh, away from it and then you end up doing it anyway so intuition I thought is intuition more of a sense okay so a sense is like your five senses like your sight um your hearing is it a is it a type of perception I guess so it's like more of an internal I'm not sure what the the other ones have like a physical organ attached to them so right <laughs> i don't know what the physical <laughs> organ attached to intuition is um there seems to be a lot of sort of like psychic methodologies and there's so like develop your senses sort of like this intuition right uh which might be a, i think is just kind of a whole nother thing entirely um and then i i was also thinking like i started to think of to started to read about uh, intuition when people said examples like well what it feels like is It feels like a pit in your stomach or it feels like, you know, so it's a it's something that has a physical response to it. And so you experience it physically and then you sort of notice it. So it has a yeah, like that sort of, you know, right. Some, you know, your hands (laughs) get clammy or something like that. So it's maybe something like that. But then I looked more into definitions of it and it seemed like the best sort of more psychological definitions or in psychology definitions was that intuition is things that we perceive that we're not consciously aware that we're perceiving them. So it was things like um, they were were studying intuition from the purpose of do people use sort of like intuition or to make decisions so they see something that's like a pattern. You're not aware that you've seen an arrow, but there was an arrow there so yeah. you didn't perceive it but your body did perceive it somehow on some level you're just it wasn't at the level of conscious awareness so you couldn't say the arrow was left or right but you can react to something going left or right it was a very bad explanation of this study right. so in that kind of token i feel like intuition is poorly explained as a non-human character or is it only human characteristic right because it's just another form of data it's just a form of data that our consciousness doesn't have access to yeah. So in that sense, I don't see any reason. This is kind of getting to my thesis where you couldn't have artificial intuition. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it's just, it's just a data point that your body is making use of. It's just not one that you have sort of like mental access to. But still, it is data, right? It's right. not something that it's uh, something out in the world. Something comes in. We process it. We have a response to it it's like you get the ebgb's about somebody well maybe (laughs) there's something you noticed about so your body you noticed something there was a data point there yeah you didn't consciously calculate it but you knew it somewhere from some evidence from some past experience or something there was a something there that you perceived
1: yeah yeah um so so the I think that's a great lent, like a great perspective. And I think we mostly agree on that. Like, I, I feel like it—it it is all explainable by the data where I kind of went to was like, how reliable is it? Like, how is it actually something that <laughs> we can trust? And like, if, if we were to uh, like approach this for, with technology like would it, would that make the technology more reliable or less reliable uh yeah. because because there are like and it seems like it's really mixed in in what i've found like some some in some cases our intuition is fantastic and like it does really good and in others it's just horrible and it does really terrible like there's been and it, it all kind of comes down to the problem domain and how well optimized we are to understanding the problem domain. So for, like you, like you mentioned, Mm. when you're judging character and stuff, I think a lot of those things rely on a lot of like below conscious, uh, cues of, uh, personality that, um, that we can't really explain but we can uh you know they all build up into this feeling like sense, you said this yeah. this sense yeah. yeah and and so i totally agree with that um and then there's like other cases of like for example like the the effectiveness of financial advisors is like has been proven to be terrible and uh, like we can't be- intuit this yeah no because it's not intuitive and it's like it, there's a high degree of randomness and there's um like we almost but we almost get the same intuitive gut sense that we get when judging people when we're judging markets and other chaotic systems that that are false like that are totally unreliable but but they do feel like the same sense to me like in like i feel like they are a similar thing where um like there are there are cases where I've felt the same thing about something that's not interpersonal or not, you know, in, in other areas of life that I think are probably completely unreliable. And so uh, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just trying to figure yeah. out like, is this a, a valuable thing? Cause I think like one of the things that's going to come up, become more of a forefront in my opinion, in AI and any like, um smarter systems is traceability and knowing why they're doing what they're doing because like from that like from the hard fork podcast like there's probably some decent explanation of why the the chatbot was doing what it was doing Mm. but there's like you could probably say in general well maybe this is what's happening so maybe there's things we can put in place but you can't say specifically this is like the the chain of causality. And I think like responsible AI will need to be able to explain the chain of causality, yeah, uh, which I don't think it's doing right now. And which is why it seems like it, like it's it's kind of le- at that level of intuition in a weird way is that like we have built all these hidden inputs, we get an output and we can't explain why it is like doing what it's doing. So I, I guess I'm almost flipping it and saying that like current AI is operating entirely <laughs> into intu- to it into intuitively and not rationally okay. enough. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where, where I got to in, in the research here. Um, yeah. Yeah
0: there's a a lot of things in there that i i felt i wanted to respond to like uh in in the the funniest sort of thing when you look at the not to downplay any of this but just that when you look at sort of like conversations around sort of like psychic things and things you know yeah. sort of uh, it it's more like building intuition like that is uh one of the best kinds of knowing is sensing or this sort of but i'm probably the worst not the worst. I'm not a good person to ask about that kind of conversation because to me, intuition is I have a very, I put a low priority on things in, I intuit. Right. Um, the old Myers Briggs test or whatever is kind of yeah. puts you in the sensing and feeling uh, and uh, thinking and perceiving. And I'm like always going to be on the not perceiving side of things. Like um, it's, one wait, of those wait, things which that, is
1: the which is the measure there I, it's been a while since i did the Briggs, but that's the last letter right uh, uh I, p, p
0: is the um
1: it's perceiving and judging right yeah or, judging right yeah yeah okay
0: judging yes um and then there's thinking and feeling or the right. other one the second to last letter the penultimate yeah. letter if you will yeah um yeah Like I, for some reason, just don't place much value at all on intuition because I feel like it's not a reliable. I always feel like there's a case to be made for actual data. Like people say, you don't get the sense about what you should do, and I was like, I don't want to sense what I should do. I want information. (laughs) Like why would I do that? Because sometimes my sense is just trying to like keep me safe in a situation where I'm like, you're safe. Like there's nothing. It's saying, well, you should you know, fight or flight response to situation. And I'm like, this is a professional context and I need to handle this professionally. I should not fight or flight this or I will get in trouble. Right. Um, so I'm like, there, my intuition's totally letting me down. Or if it's like, you should use your intuition to decide which decision to make. I'm like, that seems like a terrible idea. Um, right. And I, I don't discount like that. I'm receiving information from my sort of subconscious that's sort of like giving me something, but I kind of just feel like what's the purpose of that information because it's just not super reliable and it's not accessible by me like i don't know where i got it from i think that's the problem is it's sort of that black box of intuition that i'm sort of frustrated by because i'm like i don't know where i i'm like is it just because some part of a human body is pre-programmed towards like i don't know trusting people who look like you like i should discount that part you know because that's not helpful or reliable in any context so yeah Like, all of this sort of stuff, that's why I'm like, I don't really trust intuition because of the black box. And I also think when you talk about traceability, like, just an example that I felt like I needed to bring up too is about, um, like, all the controversy around, like, government banning tiktok from phones government phones and stuff like that because it's like that is again it's not transparent and how the information is being used and sort of all this controversy around the ownership bite dance and all that being you know a chinese company and what they're doing with all of this and what it's allowing them to do on your phone and stuff like that and then they had sort of tiktok had their sort of like transparency center in california where you can go like view the code in the code room right um but that's not the whole picture (laughs) and certainly hasn't made people feel that completely trustworthy because there still seems to be more and more pressure to um, sort of ban it from official like government devices and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think it totally like it makes sense but it also makes sense for every other app in the world almost like one of the frustrations being canadian is that this is american problems and americans realizing that the entire world is not american made apps and american (laughs) hosted data like from a canadian perspective i'm like like, we know that i i cannot operate my life on canadian apps and canadian technology like that would just never be a possibility yeah. where I think the American perspective is kind of that they are, which is not true either. (laughs) Like there's so many, you know, places where their technology could be, you know, intercepted by foreign agents or whatever. Like, but it's this, they, they want to maintain this illusion. And I think having American based, like, uh, So like, it's different with a technology company like, like Apple or uh, well, Apple's not a good example, like one that's just producing products, Samsung, maybe, or, or whatever, like that you can say, okay, it, it all happens overseas. We import it. That's fine because it's not actually running at the operating system level and I think, or, or at the app level. And I think where people get a lot more uncomfortable is when people are, you know, because at the app level, there is a lot that's hidden from you. You don't, you just don't know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, it's a, it's a totally open question because it's like in every app, there is a trade-off between security and transparency that, you can't have 100% security and 100% transparency at the same time. It's just mm-hmm. like a logical impossibility, right? Right, right. Um, so, I, yeah. I could probably go on a lot more about this, but <laughs> I don't think it relates to intuition. Or, uh, so This is maybe yeah.
0: another topic for another day. I could I, see this. Yeah, um, yeah I, I feel like... Th- I feel like there was a few threads that I wanted to bring out. There's the there's the thread of of intuition being this is why this this topic the more you examine it, the more it transforms itself under your microscope for you, honestly. And you start thinking AI can't do intuition, and then suddenly we're talking about AI as all too intuitive. Um, and then we're talking about thinking fast and slow. And we're like, well, actually, it's just all streams of data. So it could reasonably do both or either. Yeah. Um, and, and then suddenly I'm thinking, yeah, like, is AI more like one type of thinking or more like another type of thinking when you can see aspects of it in both? Right. Um, so I, I think there is that sort of sense that there needs to be like the person, at the controls, you know, like yeah. there's there's a, a plane everything is automated, but there's a pilot just to make sure that the gut senses that the pilot has are, you know, at the helm. So we trust that. Um, But then there's also like a a lot of people who are saying like intuition is um, like deep learning is a thing that will allow us to have artificial intuition or to, to have that. And, And yet I think like you're right to say, what is like, What's the value of that? Like, how good is that information at making decisions? Because like we said, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's kind of not helpful at all.
1: Right. Yeah, I think like intuition is valuable to us because it's a shortcut. But I think... Yeah, it allows
0: us to live our lives without thinking about everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, But I think... I think the big problem with applying that same thing to AI is, is just like I said, like, I think we, the thing we need from AI most, most more than anything is traceability and accountability, I guess, because if, if things are doing, you know, operating, uh, just out of this like random set of hidden inputs, then it's, it's never going to be as, useful to us like it may be interesting but i i i think i agree mostly with you like on how on my stance towards intuition too like i i much prefer information that gives me that shock of like oh my intuition was wrong or like i think and I, i think it's actually like very closely associated with comedy as well like the thing that subverts your expectation actually it means some sort of growth, I feel like. Like, it's, it's actually enjoyable because we get the, we understand that our intuition or our first expectation can be wrong. And that's good information to know. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, the like you say, the more you think about it, the less I, I think it actually applies to AI and those systems. Like, um, I was thinking... In one of the articles, I don't remember which one it is. They bring up like how when when the first human was beaten in chess by the first com- computer, it was like, okay, you know, well, this is purely rational. Like this is a, a problem that's easily. Not easily, but it's solvable by rational means where, where, and they were like, well, Go is a different type of game that is relies so much on intuition and gut feeling and those kind of like non, you know, it's it's something learned by doing and you can't really teach someone like a specific set of moves. So obviously it's going to take, you know, years or maybe never that AI will be able to do this. When mm-hmm. and it took a couple of years, and then I was able to beat the best Go player, right? Yeah, and so because it's like you, it's almost a way of explaining away those hidden like senses um, to say like that this is uniquely human is that it's like just a way to to say. It's almost like magic or something like that. <laughs> like, it's like, well, <laughs> humans part can is do it. behind yeah. the
0: curtain, I guess. Yeah, it's, <laughs>
1: yeah. But, but it is behind the curtain because we can't explain it until yeah. we actually solve it in code. And then we're like, well, here it is. I, like, yeah. that explains it, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was there all along.
1: Yeah. That's
0: like the, going back to that first example. That's why I found that so helpful when it was saying, like, people were watching what they saw, like, they're perceiving their eyes or, Sort of like at the point where you get your eyes connected to the part of your brain where you can perceive and then it gets sent to your language center and then you can talk about it. Right. That, that is all happening in ways that we sort of access. And so we say, I see like a, a, like an old timey TV screen that's not on the right channel. That's what like white noise, you know, that's what I see. But actually there is a part of your brain that's perceiving that arrow. Right. Even though you don't know it's there, like you can't you don't have the access to talk about it, but then that influences your decision making. So that's why I just think it's kind of like, here we are saying kind of Santa Claus isn't real, like it's sort of like intuition is is there, but it's just this data that our just right. conscious brain doesn't have access to. Um, it's right. just that that's not to say that makes that uniquely human. It's just to say that the way that our brains have sort of structured this to make sense is that some of these inputs have just become automated sort of to the level to which we can't access them so that we can actually live our lives. It's like that trade-off between like actually being able to function and make decisions in a reasonable time frame because the person that didn't have those automated maybe got eaten by the lion instead of just (laughs) running away. Um, So all of that just kind of gets tucked underneath some, I don't know, accessible level.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, it's, it seems entirely likely to me that this is like the default state in that and that like the only reason we are conscious of why we're doing what we're doing is from the social pressure of explaining to to other people why we're doing what we're doing right (laughs) yeah
0: I guess right yeah like why why did you why do you think that you're like oh
1: I don't know and then Mm. you come up with a reason and it seems logical and then which is funny because
0: that that is actually a way that it's funny because we have the ability to explain the after effects like if you say like well why Why is that your opinion and then you can like rationalize it afterwards but I think yeah. like often our thoughts and opinions are formed before the rationalization is given right so that is actually like the, the rationalization explanation that we gave is not actually wasn't the thing that connected the dots to create the belief
1: right and I'm trying to think back. There was a study and I don't remember where I re- heard about it. And I don't actually remember the specifics. So this is going to be a very bad <laughs> example, <laughs> <laughs> but they were doing tests on like split brain, like people with, that didn't have the connective tissue or yeah, whatever connection between the sides of their brain. And they would yeah. show something to someone on, in, w- with one eye, yeah. then they would say what they saw but they would see something else with the other eye, and then they would have to say why they said what they saw. Yeah. And they would basically manufacture a reason that yeah. because the the perceiving side was, you know, saying what they saw, but then the, the uh, reason making or whatever, like the, the, the thing that the rational side would yeah. have to come up with a sensible you know, connection between that and what it's. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I feel like the more, the more you learn about human brains, the more it seems like that's happening a lot is like, there's so many shortcuts to, and um, that work well, that that mm-hmm. are, you know, that we probably don't want to build into AI because we want AI to be predictable and traceable. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, and that's not to say it, it probably couldn't. It's yeah. just more of a choice of of not. Um so it's like built fit for purpose kind of thing. I mean, because ultimately we can make these choices, I guess. Um Yeah. I I just was thinking of another thing I saw um which may or may not be that related, but um, there was a, a video of a woman who was a concert pianist all her life and she had dementia and she was 90 and so this you know her granddaughter was like well can you can you play something on the piano she's like i don't i don't know how to play piano um, yeah. and then like i'm i'm and then she sat down and she just played like a concert piano piece <laughs> yeah um so it's like gotten buried under more like levels of Conscious awareness. She didn't have access to knowing that she was a concert pianist. She said she didn't know, but obviously her body still knew.
1: Yeah. And I think, I I think a lot of things are like that in that, like the actual skill of doing the thing just takes a a lot of like burying it below the, like embedding that, that skill below the level of consciousness. It's like learning how to drive. Yeah, or ride a bike. Like that's yeah. the
0: old it's thing. Like, like while you are learning, it's yeah. painful. Like I remember learning yeah. how to drive and just being like, you just had to think about everything. And yeah. now I'm like, I don't even know how I got here today. Like I yeah. <laughs> like,
1: <Yeah. laughs> all the
0: processes that went into that is just like under under some level. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. so that's where like I think the like the mastery level is is actually Getting it to that level of intuition, where where I think, and I think that comes back to like the financial advisors thing is sometimes you get things to that level without them having real solid connections to like empirical <laughs> data, and so yeah, you've, like you you, just, when you haven't confirmed the result
0: at any yeah. moment, so you're just stuffing it down there and just like I know what to do, and it's like yeah, but. You yeah. had no feedback data in that loop. It just, yes, you just yeah, tucked you're a, everything uh, <laughs> under your conscious yeah. awareness, but it, you didn't optimize at any point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're I just think. Just
0: banging random keys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hoping to produce Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's a good overview of intuition. I think, uh, like most. Uh, you know, psychology things, I feel like I'm, I'm still catching up. I don't like the brain is weird. I guess I'll just say yeah, that. Very true. <laughs> uh, yeah. So,
0: and the other thing like, that's probably worth saying is that AI systems don't work like brains, right? Um, so whatever is accomplished is by different methods, but may end up as the same result, um, yeah. but isn't going to be produced like you say we can program intuition into a something like human intuition, I guess, or this like additional perception into what we do um, or like an AI system. But that's yeah. not to say that AI systems will ever work like the human brain where it is, where it was just sort of function between that sort of like trade off between that, you know, certain like that jelly mass that's in our head and yeah. surviving, you know, which led to some of these things being as they are. Um so it's like AI systems. While they might get the same result, they're not working the same way.
1: Right. Yeah. There's always a level of assumption. Like general AI. Like I think is probably never. Like it, it's questionable whether that's even something we want. Right. Like well, that's what I feel. Yeah. Because the a general AI would be like something that's indistinguishable from a human, and I yeah. don't. I think the the important part of that is, like, you can't cut off anything. Like, it, it would have to be someone going about it their day-to-day life, an AI going about day-to-day life, going to the grocery store, like, going, like, going, sit, standing in line at the bank. Having hopes all, and dreams. Yeah, all of those things that I'm, like, Insecure. Is this useful to anyone? Like, no. why, why do we even need this or <laughs> yeah. want this? Like, yeah. I think, like, they we, we always have to evaluate them as tools for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like they're, they're definitely going to grow in capability, but I don't see, I don't see the utility in a completely generic, general, like human re- replacing AI, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's um, interesting conversations for Unless
0: sure. Unless we want to <laughs> sort of try to, you know, continue on something human after humans are extinct yeah my daughter this morning told me that after the age of humans will be the age of snakes that are a million <laughs> miles long so uh, she had a name for it i forget it was some rainbow snake and it was going to take over uh yeah i, I met with her teachers they're like she asked some of the craziest questions i was like yeah i know she's, she's still in grade one she's thinking about the age of snakes so <sighs> yeah Maybe age of AI would be preferable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, I I don't, I try to stay optimistic, but I think there are like, there are people that are reasonable, like reasonable people I think that is an imminent possibility and I, I don't, I don't completely disagree. Like, I think that is potent that has potential because like. If we think about like the grand dreams of becoming an interplanetary species, there's just so many things that make that impossible for humans, but like atmospheres. (laughs) But very possible for AI, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's like, if we can get a computer to do it, they have none of the same limitations physically that we have. They haven't
0: adapted to this environment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, there's, went some, far there's off. something there okay. yeah we're, we're talking about intuition i don't know how we got here
0: i don't know it felt right andy <laughs> yeah yeah. <totally. laughs> i'm just killing my intuition
1: because <laughs> <laughs> we, we were led there yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay all right Sounds cool good. well thanks for chatting heather okay all right bye. bye
0: thank you for listening to hear all our episodes search for human v robot wherever you find your podcast.